available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com. Liner, going to try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together, we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. As you can tell, our energy levels aren't that great today. There's a lot going on. It's midweek again. There's a lot of stuff going on here, but we wanted to make sure we delivered a powerful episode for all of you guys because there was 10 games to recap there are 12 games to preview no conference games in week three so we'll get to all that if you have any questions for us uh pack 12 podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to call or text us you can do that too 424-532-0678 our twitter is at pack 12 podcast and the website pack 12 podcast.com please subscribe on apple podcasts and Google Podcasts and Stitcher and all those things, wherever you consume podcasts, make sure you uh, check the little box next to subscribe to Pac-12 Podcasts. I think there's some other ones out there now, Dave, but they're they're not the original, but there's some out there. Yeah, it sounds like there's two now. There's the 12-pack radio guys, and then there's, um, I want to say there's one with George Reitster now oh it's a okay. pack 12 podcast so the, yeah they're they're trying to claim our space but we uh we run these corners all right yeah and we are gonna hold down our territory and if it comes to blows it comes to blows ryan will fight you i'll stand <laughs> behind him and that's gonna be what it is it's um, not because we're good do, it's because got, we're consistent that's, that's exactly yeah exactly i do have a beef with our listeners though what Look, I can tell looking at our megaphone numbers that our, our, our listenership has gone up since the season started. We're at like, I don't know, a robust like 150 listeners per show now. <laughs> but our, 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 our reviews have really tapered off. We, we have two new ones since August 23rd. Where are you people? Yeah, we need some. Give us a five-star review. We might even read it on the air if it's good and clever enough. I think so, we pretty much read on. all of them, and they've all been good and clever, so that's good. Yeah. Step up your game, people. Come on. Yeah. Write, write another review. Make up a fake name. We don't care. Yeah, I like that. That's That works for me. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. What, we want the reviews. All right. Well, we got power rankings we'll go over. Uh, Picks-wise, Dave again uh, wiped the floor with me. Uh, I went two and five. He went four and three. We basically just had two picks that were – Different, and he got both of them, right? So we'll go over all that. Um, We are still alive in the suicide pool. So make sure when you enter this, uh, and I'll give you guys some details on what's going on with the pool, but um, you have to put your same name, your same, because these are going to get manually, almost manually matched up with like, well, with like an Excel spreadsheet. So our, our buddy listener, Matthew, has been doing this, but some people are dropping off or they're using different names and they got to try to match them together. So try to use the same email, same name. Even Dave didn't do that correctly. So, um, and enter them before, if you missed a week, then you're out because then you're out. I wrote my name correctly. No, there was somebody else who was calling himself David Wood. Oh, there was or David's wood or something like that. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought that was you. I thought that's what you No, saying. no, no. Oh, okay. Um, so there was 324 week one winners that were eligible to play in week two. 
Uh, in week two, there was 205 winners, and 153 people picked Arizona, so that's the majority. Uh, ASU had 20, Washington State had 17, Oregon had nine, Utah had six. There was 119 losers. 78 of those losers just didn't pick, but 34 people picked UCLA. They didn't learn their lesson from week one. That was, uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> uh, three people picked Washington, which is that's a little risque. Uh, one person picked Oregon State, so they were trying to get that one out of the way. I get, I get that's the long-term strategy. You want to get Oregon State out of the way, but on the road to Hawaii. Mm. And then uh, there was three people that had a duplicate pick, the same as week one. So obviously you can't pick the same one uh, every week. So make sure you put your submissions in week three. It's up on Pac12podcast.com, the link to do that. Um, and uh, Dave and I are both going to go with Oregon State this weekend. Yeah, thank you for speaking for me. I don't even get to pick my own pick now. Well, we already decided. I, I, know, I know. Who do you want it, Dave? I want Oregon State. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry, I was just trying to, you know. I, I, I just want you to show consideration. Come on. Oh, yeah. For the listeners out there. Um, We're like a married couple. It's very nice. It is. <laughs> it is. It's kind of the thing. We're from a, it's like a long-distance relationship, too. Yeah, I know. It's, it's got a lot of, lot of elements going on. Yeah. One, one that you don't respond to text messages or anything, too, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> it can be something like really important, like, hey, Dave, there's no way I can do the show unless you text me back within the next five minutes. Uh, otherwise, you know, um, yeah, yep. he, he won't be yeah. bothered to text back. So that's fine. Yeah. You're, you're a little needy is what I would say. <laughs> you you send me at least two texts a month. and You want me to respond to both of them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Um, hey, before... We jump into everything. Let's talk a little bit about my bookie. The season's rolling on, Dave. Now, if you go to my bookie, and we got a promo code for you at the end of this, but apparently, even though my record has been stellar the last three years, my picks this year so far are garbage. Now, I think I started off this way last year with the out-of-conference stuff. But this year, I mean, this first two conference games, I got those wrong too. So maybe maybe my luck has run out. Uh, you might want to go with Dave. But if you want to go to my bookie, it is the best place to bet on college football and NFL every weekend. If you want to make a national title bet, a wager on any of these uh, upcoming non-conference games, there's a lot of them in week three, some really good stuff. My bookie has you covered. Uh, this year, my bookie is also hosting the first ever online handicapping super contest. First place, guaranteed to win at least a hundred grand. It also costs just ten bucks, a hundred bucks to enter. Sorry about that. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So that's fun to check out. Uh, but it's it's an awesome place to bet. Uh, I'd recommend it. I've used it. I love it. Hope you guys check it out. I'm not doing so well right now, but I'm going to turn things around, so it'll be all right. Uh, it's always the right place to play. You bet you win, and they pay, and they'll let you bet on which college coaches you want to see get fired. Hey, man, do you have a big bet on Clay Helton getting fired, and now you don't feel so good about it? You can do all that stuff. Plus, you want to bet on the Heisman Trophy. I'm a Heisman voter. I can give you a little inside information. You, you, want, to, you want to take odds on Chip Kelly getting fired? Maybe Ooh. those are pretty long right now. Who knows? Those might be pretty, <laughs> those might be pretty good. I wouldn't have bet. I wouldn't have thought about that going into the season. Uh, if you have halftime lines, live odds, all that stuff, you can bet. Uh, so right now, up to your first $1,000 deposited, we will double that. So MyBookie will double it if you use promo code PAC12 to activate the offer. So visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code PAC12 and when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, 
get paid with my bookie. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you should definitely use my picks. Yeah, use Dave. I'm I'm sitting at twelve and five. Ryan is sitting at six and eleven. It's pretty uh, awful. Young season. Yeah. I mean, I was fifty nine, thirty seven and three last year. And you you were good too, but not as good as me. But this is yep. uh this is a hole to start in. It's um, not great. As you're getting a feel. It's definitely different. We'll go we'll go through some of the games and we'll go through all the games actually. And it's uh it's a different feeling than what I thought this was going to shape up to be. Uh, the power rankings are a lot different than I thought. Our rankings are, are different than the consensus power rankings. So we'll get into all that. So I guess, uh, Dave, it's time for... Pac-12 Roundup. That sound good? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So I, I don't remember the last time we've seen this, but uh, in last place, number 12 in our power rankings... UCLA Bruins. <laughs> What's the opposite of with a bullet? Like last place with an anchor? It's uh, like last pa- last place with an inert gas? Like what what is it? Um UCLA. Let's talk about the Bruins. Let's mm. talk history for just a second. So from 19 I did some research this morning. From 1946 to 1998, UCLA has what I would call by SRS good seasons in 31 of 53 years. That's pretty good, right? What, what That's almost SR- 60%. What's SRS for those? That- SRS is a simple rating system. More or less, it correlates with margin of victory, but it takes into account uh, strength of schedule and variety of other factors. Basically, if over the course of a season for like a Power 5 program with a reasonable tradition, if you get over a 13, that's a pretty good season. So UCLA had over a 13 in SRS, 31 of 53 years. Since 1998, the last 21 years, UCLA has done that just twice. They've had two good years. It wasn't always this way, but it is right now. UCLA, number 12. The reason why, uh, they managed to do something they've never done, which is lose to San Diego State. Uh, They were horrendous in this game. Uh, San Diego State, good program. Rocky Long, doing a nice job there. But they're still in the Mountain West. Um, They're a team that scored six points against Weber State the previous week. And I know it's a good FCS program, but it's Weber State. Uh, They they more than tripled it and almost quadrupled it against the Bruins, scored 23 points, um, and held UCLA to 14. Uh, UCLA's offense was atrocious, despite Joshua Kelly's return. Uh, They had under two yards... Per carry, um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson was bad again. His stats don't necessarily reflect it, but he was not making good decisions. Um, And defensively, they can't defend at all against the pass, and it was kind of deceptive because San Diego State's not a good offensive team. Uh, Their quarterback had a career high, 293 yards. Um, If it had been a really good quarterback in a really good offensive scheme, like, say, I don't know, for example, Oklahoma's or Washington State's, uh, they probably could have thrown for 500 yards. So uh, UCLA is very bad. Uh, no getting better on the immediate horizon here. Uh, they are really, really, really in danger of going 0-5 again to start a season. They did that last year. Now, this we both got this pick right. Um, how, how much was uh, San Diego State favored by in this game? Um, negative eight <laughs> points. <laughs> by the end of no, seriously, by the end of the the week, it was I think UCLA minus eight again. Oh yeah, I think when we recorded, it might have been minus six and a half or seven. Yeah, it was um, seven seven and a half is what I have written down. But 
Yeah, um, but it it dipped to midweek to about six and a half, and then it climbed back up to eight because people are f- perpetually thinking that UCLA will play up to its talent level. But what's obvious now, watching the games against UCLA and San, against San Diego State and Cincinnati, is that UCLA really doesn't have the talent it used to. I mean, uh, if you were watching the Aztecs or, or the Bearcats it doesn't look like UCLA is a whole lot faster or stronger than these two teams. Um, now, some of that's coaching, and some of it's just, you know, that whenever you're losing, you don't look right. But also, I don't think this, is, this isn't this is a particularly talented UCLA team. So 17 starters back. Um, like you said, San Diego State scored six on an FCS team last year, last week. Uh, it looked pretty good early. It was like 7-7. There was like, oh, there's going to be some points scored. Then it sort of slowed down, and UCLA couldn't score forever. It was a really... Just kind of strange games. I mean, maybe when Darnay Holmes comes back, Theo Howard comes back, things will change a little. But I'm not. Yeah, seeing you know, the- you, you know how like having a single wide receiver and a single defensive back out completely changes your entire trajectory <laughs> for a season. Yeah, that that's yeah. how it works. But remember the email we got from a Washington fan who was kind of looking at the 0 and 12 thing for USC. Um, you know, oh the- no, there's there's real Willingham potential with this UCLA. Is there team. like for real like? I mean, it's it's a not it's a non-zero percent chance. Like I would put it probably pretty low, but I think zero and twelve is certainly certainly one of the. Uh, here's what I would say: zero and twelve is significantly more likely than this team making a bowl, and it might be significantly more likely than five and seven. Wow. I think four and eight is probably more likely than zero and twelve, but um, yeah, it's. Right now, I would probably peg this team for like two and ten, three and nine, somewhere in that range. So Oklahoma. No, at Washington State. No, no, and then so chance at Arizona, chat chance, chance at home but they won't be favored. Oregon State um, at home. Oregon State right now they'd be favored by about a touchdown at home. Yeah, at Stanford we don't know how good they are. There's they'd, a chance. Yeah. There's a chance. Yeah, uh, ASU at be, home. Yeah, ASU at home is a chance, but I think ASU will have figured out its offensive line issues by then. Um, and then Colorado, there's a chance again at home, um, but. It's basically that stretch of like whatever that is five games in a row where they have a chance, yeah. um, and then the next one after that is Cal, yeah. and that you know who knows. But um, they're not they're when I was doing the math based on Bill Connolly's numbers this week, there's one game right now where they'd be favored, and that's Oregon State. Everything yeah. else, they'd be a dog. Well, uh, speaking of that team you mentioned, our number eleven team, and they have to be ex- you know they didn't win. But they got to be happy about this. They're now number 11. Oregon State Beavers. You know, I'd push back a little bit because I think they're probably pretty disappointed with the way this game went. Um, Because, all right, so Oregon State lost to Hawaii 31-28. But the deal was they had all their 28 points in the first half. So if you're Oregon State going into this game and you were told, oh, we had you get 28 points at the half, you're thinking you scored 50 in this game because it's Hawaii. Um, But no, they were completely shut out in the second half. Their offense completely stagnated and that's supposed to be the strength of this team. So no, I mean, I I think it's obviously they played a team close and they played them, I I think a hair closer than Arizona did, but it's still, I I think disappointing because it is a real missed opportunity for them. Um, Now that said, I thought there was a lot of good for Oregon state in this game. Jamar Jefferson was excellent. Um, Just, absolutely phenomenal really broke out um six yards per carry on 31 carries i mean really shouldered the load and artavis pierce was really good as his backup um you know showed off that explosion and in a limited role really showed what he can do 
um, that rushing offense can really, really move. Um, I think Jake Luton's just, you know, he's a just fine, pretty under-talented uh, quarterback, and that's just what you have right now. Um, Isaiah Hodgins was really good in this game. Um, and, you know, all things considered defensively, only giving up 31 points to Hawaii, only giving up, you know, 488 yards on whatever it was, 77 plays. That's not horrible, um, especially for this defense in that context. I thought it was a pretty solid overall performance for the defense, again, considering where they've been. Um, it just, uh, the offense just could not get anything going in that second half. I mean, they came out and they went after scoring touchdowns um, on four drives in the first half. They went punt, 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 turnover on downs, turnover on downs, missed field goal, end of game. Um, so just not great. And they weren't get, generating many yards either. It was, uh, the first drive was six plays, three yards in the second half. The third drive was three plays, zero yards. The fourth drive was three plays, one yard. I mean, just, it, it really got inept in the second half. So they need to figure that out. But, um, yeah, I mean, in some respects, a good performance. I think they would just be, I'm talking like an Oregon state fan here. I'm, I'm disappointed for them. Yeah. Um, Cause this was a really winnable game. It was, I mean, you're talking, you go to Hawaii, keep them under 500 yards. You had two 14 point leads in the game. You know, like you said, 28 points at half and you fail to score in the second half. I mean, that's tough. And I thought they did a pretty good job of trying to neutralize Isaiah Hodgins. I, I, I think, I think that's probably part of Jake Luton's problem, but they did run the ball really well. But man, when you allow like a you know Cole McDonald and JoJo Ward, <clears throat> excuse me, they combined for four touchdowns. You can't let something like that happen. I mean, he was thirty of fifty-two for four hundred twenty-one yards, so they didn't do much on the ground. But Ward, JoJo Ward, had ten catches for one hundred eighty-nine yards and four touchdowns. So at some point, like you might stink on defense, but like you got to take one dude away, and they could not take him away. So it's uh. It's rough. I mean, they at least they showed some spark, but this was a winnable game. And so not only did they not win, but they well, they covered, uh, which was crazy. Hawaii, I think their Hawaii had like three missed field goals or something in the first half. So that didn't hurt. But uh, yeah, they end up winning by Hawaii wins by three. So Dave got this one right because he had Oregon State plus six and a half. Which was perfect because I picked it correctly. You did, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no. And I, I think we're operating with different contexts because you I think you're still thinking I think Oregon State's actually they, they're good enough that they should have won this game. They should have. Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to win a conference game or two this year. Um, ah. th- they've got they've got some sparks some real spark. I, I don't think it's a it's a good enough consolation prize to just lose this one by three. I think they should have won. They yeah. should have walked away with a win in this one. And, you know, getting so inept in the second half in that third quarter, I think it it. It, it it demonstrates something worse than they are. Like they've got they've got enough good pieces offensively that they should be able to score against Hawaii in that second half. I think that was just you know a bad bad luck, all that kind of stuff. No, I feel that too. But I I feel like if they played this game like two or three more times, I, I'm not sure if Oregon State would have had two 14 point leads. So it was like that's not going to happen in every scenario, but they had it. It was like the the best scenario to win the game and still wasn't able to pull it off. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, like, for sure. Uh, but all right, well, we'll see if the Beavs can bounce back, but that was definitely a winnable one. Uh, let's go to our number 10 team. Arizona Wildcats. Wow. So I saw a lot of angst. I mean, I'll be honest. I watched like 
bits of this game, but not the whole thing. Um, I saw a lot of angst from Arizona fans just about the defensive performance in the second half. And I'm like, you're up 51-13 and you pulled your best defensive player in the second half. Of course you didn't look that good defensively. But yeah. the game was over. Who cares? Uh, they beat Northern Arizona 65-41. Um, I mean, it was it was what you expect, I think, against a Northern Arizona type. You kill them in the first half. Then you pull everybody and whatever. Um, you know, they obviously scored some points and maybe Arizona should have scored some more in the second half. But I think they were just kind of, well, okay, the game's over. Um, that's what happens when you play FCS opponents. But I thought it was actually, you know, looking at it and watching bits of the first half, I thought it was a good performance. Khalil Tate looked sharp, didn't have to do anything. Um, the running game was fine. I mean, they, they ran 431 yards on yeah. 46 carries. Um and, you know, from the highlights I saw, Grant Gunnell looked really good in that second half. I mean, he looked accurate and, and really good. So I think the future is probably bright there. So I don't know. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't get too excited about the end of this game. I thought it was a fine enough performance. Yeah, I think he needed to bounce back from the you know disappointing loss uh, at Hawaii. They ran the ball well. Um, they got a lot of players, different looks. So you wanted to be healthy going into Texas Tech. Uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where like, hey, you're, you're going to execute. It's almost like a extended practice. And do, do you care that you gave up 41 points? It's like, not really. Um, no. So I agree with you there. It's uh, I don't know what we're going to take from this game besides. Are they ready now? Are they going to put a good showing against a better opponent? And uh, they got that coming up in Texas Tech. Yeah. And you still have no idea. I mean, that's the thing about FCS games. You have no idea. It was yeah. an extended practice and they look fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. What was it? Uh, was it Gus Malzahn that they're playing Kent State? And he's like, I wish the game would be earlier so we could uh, have more more time to prepare for our next opponent. Like, said that before the game. That's pretty that funny. That is pretty funny. Um, all right. FCS, we're not going to talk too much about. No line, no pick on that one. Uh, another no line, uh, no pick game. This was our Friday night contest, and it's our number nine team now. Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. So um, ASU had Sac State come to town. And I do want to say this. Sac State, that looks like a well-coached good team. So I don't want to take too much from it. But it is an FCS opponent. Uh, ASU won 19-7. to um, And that really only got comfortable at the very, very end. Uh, this was This was in danger territory for way too long for ASU. And the biggest reason it's just the elephant in the room because those are all big guys. Uh, the offensive line is a horror show right now. Um, with all the injuries up front, you've got a true freshman at center who's just snapping the ball over dudes' heads. Um, there's just a lot going on. And as experienced and mature as Jaden Daniels looks in his second game, um, there's only so much you can do behind an offensive line that's playing that poorly. Um, so they scored 19 points. I thought I once again thought Jaden Daniels was excellent. Um, considering what he was dealing with up front, that was an incredible performance. Um, but they can't they can't open up any room for Eno Benjamin. Um, once again, held to way below what he should be rushing for. Twenty four carries for sixty nine yards, um, and they can barely protect Daniels long enough for him to even find anybody downfield. Um, it was enough in this game. I thought Brandon Ayuk was really really good, um, but it's just. You've got to wonder at what point it's going to start affecting Daniel's confidence. And I have to imagine it's going to be when they start playing really good opponents, which happens, you know, this week against a tricky defense, too. 
um, if you're if you're giving up that kind of pressure and struggling that much with Sac State, what's that going to look like when you're going up against an FBS opponent? Yeah. Um, so that's all a really big worry. I thought Arizona State's defense was good. You know, they had to deal with 50 pass attempts from Sacramento State and held up pretty well. Um, they completely shut down the run game, but that's what you expect against an FCS opponent. I think I thought the defense played how you would expect against an FCS opponent. Um, but that that offense, that offensive line really, really needs some help. It really needs to get some guys back healthy, figure out what's going on with Zach Robertson and get him back on the team. You know, there needs to be some things that happen here, um, or just have these guys gel better. Um, because I, I don't think any of these guys are untalented, but they just do not look like they are. Uh, operating on the same page right now. No. And uh, just to let you know how sick I am, Dave, and why this, I mean, I don't know if you're like this too, but my wife scheduled a couple's massage for us Friday night, like six. This game was going to kick off at seven. We get in there and like, it's like 15 minutes late for us to even start the massage. And all I could think of is like, man, I'm going to miss the first quarter of Arizona State sex stage. Like, like that's what I was thinking of going into this massage. We have brain problems. Like we have actual brain problems. I stayed up so late Saturday night. I, I I will admit I did not stay up for the finish of Washington Cal, but I stayed up till three in the friggin' morning. Jeez. To watch games that are completely irrelevant to my life. Uh, what is wrong with us? What is wrong with our brains? No. Well, I didn't miss much because I get to home at like the end of the first quarter and hadn't scored yet. I'm like, what's going on here? Um Arizona State had 51 yards and two first downs in that first quarter against an FCS <sighs> squad. And you're like, this is pretty, pretty uh, bad. They were bad in the red zone. It was, I thought they were real conservative. They were just trying to run the ball, but like you said, the offensive line stinks. So what are you going to do? That wasn't very uh, wasn't very effective. Um, they had that. I think they fumbled at the half yard line on one of the drive. I mean, it just wasn't working. Like Sacramento State, the fewest points they'd ever uh, allowed from an F uh, an FBS team was twenty three to Colorado State. So this is a record for Sac State that Arizona State only scored nineteen against them and uh but if you watched uh defensive tackle dj davidson he's a real dude he would like they would do max protection he would still get in there and get the sack um so w- watch for him he's a he's a highlight and i thought like you said the defense played pretty well but chris cartman our buddy his if, if you use the cartman barometer he's not all that positive on this team right now i don't know if he's getting off the herm train but he wasn't sure if they're going to finish above 500 and uh I you know it's hard to disagree right now they're they're not as good as I thought they would be at least they're not looking as good uh it's hard to block for the freshman quarterback or you know Benjamin just cuz the offensive line is doing such a bad job and they're not sustaining drives at all so it's it's definitely a different look than last year and you know how good Benjamin is but he can't do it all on his own Yeah it's true um but I do want to say hang on I'm going to do some quick math here. Okay. The 19 points they scored against an FCS opponent means that ASU ASU's on pace to score 73 against UCLA when they play later this year. <laughs> so that'll be nice. I yeah. mean that'll be a, a nice confidence boost for them. Well, that's the way that's the way the ratios work. Yeah, we'll get into the previews, but ASU is going to have to figure things out this coming week. Um so 2 and 0 but yeah, you know, not exactly. Not, not a strong two and zero. Not the strongest two and zero. I will say I had them a spot higher. So the pot, the the main power rankings had them at nine. I had them at uh, number eight. I think I think I had them about here. I don't remember the 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 biggest discrepancies we have is up near the top. But 
Um, okay, so here's our first uh, conference game. The two foes, you have the visitor. Stanford Cardinal. And they were visiting. USC Trojans. Stanford number eight. We have USC up at number four. Yeah, we sure do. Um, so well, just just my yeah, yeah my my mine unfortunately has USC number one um, because they are the best team in the conference right now. I put USC number two, um, yeah. but just because it's our power. We've done this before, where the guy goes from twelve to five, like moves around a lot. But it's early, yeah. And it's I'm, early, I'm going, but yeah, they look the best. I thought so. Yeah. Okay, so this game um, really just kind of took a little bit of time for the USC machine to start rolling a little bit. Um, it was 17-3 to Stanford at, what was that, probably just into the second quarter. Um, and then it was pretty much over. Uh, USC went 42-3, to I think, over the final, yeah. whatever that was, three quarters of the game. Uh, it was hideous. I mean, absolutely hideous <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Uh, how are we pronouncing this fool's first name? Keaton? Keaton. Keaton Slovis. Keaton. Uh, could we get him to throw an A in there instead of the O? Yeah. I, I think I was okay. saying Keaton. I think people were saying like Keaton early, then it changed, but it's just maybe I mean, just we were told wrong or something. But Keaton Slovis is what they Have saying. him put an A in there if he could. Okay. Because um, I don't want to pronounce his name wrong, but I'm going to. Uh, yeah, he's the full Sam Darnold thing. It's annoying to watch. I don't like it. Uh, he threw three touchdowns. It looked like, honestly, it was one of those things where he had five incompletions and it's like of those five incompletions, like how many were even on him? Like it was just disgusting. Just annoying to watch. Uh, 28 to 33 for 377 yards. Just gross. Uh, and he was like completing balls like over dudes' heads, like just just spotting the ball wherever he wanted it on the field, just absolutely revolting. Um, so that that sucked. Um, Stanford on its side, I, I think what we're seeing is just you know the the gradual devolution of that program. I mean, yes, KJ Costello was out. But Davis Mills is a five-star. It just – the scheme doesn't appear to have evolved greatly. They don't have a ton of talent at running back. So Cameron Scarlett was fine, 17 carries for 82 yards. But he's not He's not Bryce Love. He's not Christian McCaffrey. Um, and then in the receiving game, I thought it was really – they were really trying to force the ball to Colby Parkinson for a lot of the game. Um, and he's good. But after that, I mean, Connor Weddington's fine, but it's not like there's a whole bunch of J.J. white sides or whoever in this roster. Um, so they just didn't really have the weapons. And then defensively, they just couldn't hold up at all. Um, you know, they've got Paulson Adebo, who's, you know, all world. But otherwise, that Stanford defense just, yeah, I I don't I, I don't think they're great. And it's a, it's a far cry from the days of, you know, Henry Anderson and Shane Scove and all those dudes um, just doesn't seem like a super talented Stanford team. And, uh, you know, I think Wilner put it really well when he said, I think it was Wilner who said, you know, this is the first time since 2008 where it was obvious, obvious who had the talent advantage in this game, um, especially along the lines of scrimmage. Um, Yeah. I I mean, obviously we'll have to see more because I thought Stanford was going to be bad this year and this could confirm that. It kind of depends on how good USC is. Um, but my impression of this one was it confirmed kind of both things. Yeah. USC is very good, and Slovis 
might be doing that whole Darnold thing. Um, and uh, and Stanford is is pretty bad. Yeah, I'm not sure how good USC is, but Stanford's definitely worse than I thought. Um, I, you know, I you never want to try to predict. Where as soon as you say, "Hey, Stanford's gonna be down this year," they come back. But it did look like there was a, a clear talent deficiency, and part of it was that USC was actually utilizing its talent way better than what we've seen the last couple of years. So that uh, that accentuates things, I think, a little bit. Uh, if you're not a, a Keaton Slovis fan, look at it this way: like. 15% of his passes weren't completed, so that's good, right? Like, that's a pretty big percentage of not being completed. No? Yes? Dave, not not amused? Um, <laughs> 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 he was good, for sure. I think the system is just better. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, JT Daniels looked like that, his first two drives against Fresno State. Um, and when they didn't... When when something didn't work, it was like a drop pass or a you know good defensive play. It's not not everything's going to work, but they got it going. They that, it was fourteen to three. Stanford kicks off and uh, Valus Jones fumbles the kickoff return. So Stanford set up you know at the twenty five yard line or whatever it was, and uh, it just looked like that was the end. Like okay, you know Clay Hilton's going to get fired. This is you know they're going to punch this in, but they had a pretty good defensive stand. Uh, you had a little Elijah Griffin who. Uh, was covering Parkinson a couple of those plays. He's given up like seven inches and 75 pounds to him and defended a couple of balls there, held him to a field goal. And from that point, USC, like you said, USC went on a 42 to three run. So that was a key kind of keeping Stanford out of the end zone when they got the turnover there. Um, but it, it did look like there was a big talent discrepancy between the two teams. I think USC's defense played better. They rotated more guys. Um, they played looser. They would look like they're having fun. And uh, we had just hadn't seen that for a while, but I'm really curious about Stanford. They got this tough game coming up, um, you know, back to back tough road games. They're they're not as good as I thought they were going to be. I thought they, you know, I predicted them to win. I think ten games this year, and that does not look like uh, it's going to happen for USC. They got to play three of the next four on the road, so they definitely look better. They looks looks like it's going to at least be fun to watch. Like they'll score points, um, but I, I'm not sure how good they're going to be either. But it. They look the best to me so far. I mean, I still put them behind Utah in my power rankings, but uh, I, I yeah, it's not a team you'd want to play. You, know, you see Washington lose at home. Oregon's already lost. It's like, you know, USC and Utah are the ones that I think have the best chance now at a playoff. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can have them number two. Obviously, from your picks, that you're, you're, you're very comfortable being wrong. Yes, I'm very wrong quite, a, quite often, apparently. Um, all right, so that was uh, Stanford and USC. Uh, we have uh, another good win. This is a 2 0 team, too. You don't want to sleep on them, but uh, our number seven team is Colorado Buffalo. Colorado beating Nebraska for the second straight year in uh, kind of fun fashion 34 uh, 31 in overtime. Um, this was 17 nothing at the half. Um, Nebraska ahead, and Colorado looked dead in the water. Um, Steven Montez had a really bad first half. Offense generally just wasn't moving the ball at all. And then they ruled in the second half. Um, had a flea flicker that really got him going to KD Nixon. Um, and his catch and run after that was really, really cool to watch. Um, just kind of beating that one DB. Um, and if you saw the end zone, I don't know if you saw the end zone video from it, but it was um, 
Montez pretty much as soon as he threw the ball had his hands in the air because he knew what was happening. Um, <laughs> ninety six so yards that, away or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, that was that was super cool. Um, yeah, this was a really really cool game. But you can't underestimate how much it does for uh, Mel Tucker and that whole program um, to come away with a win here over a perhaps fraudulently ranked Nebraska team, but a ranked Nebraska team nonetheless. Um, this is definitely something you can sell in recruiting. Um, and I know that's, they're really looking to upgrade talent. So I think that's, this is definitely early season wins like this, these big early season wins, especially in your first year, you can really sell off of. Um, so I think they're going to have some success there, but, uh, details, Mustafa Johnson, I thought was a complete dude in this game. Uh, three sacks, eight tackles just was disrupting the hell out of that Nebraska offense. Um, I thought, you know, once again, great punting. Um, just really good stuff. Um, Montez, I thought, stepped up in the second half. Um, that flea flicker was really cool, but just generally, I thought he played better. Um, and uh, Jared Mangum, um, you know, he didn't put up wow stats, but I really like the way that dude runs, um, especially for a young guy. Um, and he scored a couple of touchdowns. But overall, I thought it was a really, really nice win. Once again, you know, that that defense still got some things to iron out, um, but... You know, this is a pretty good Nebraska offense, I think, at the end of the day. Um, and uh, holding them to under four yards of carry, not too shabby. Um, but really, really nice win. Um, this is this is big for Colorado. And, you know, they've now hit your win total for the year, Ryan. Yeah, I was going to say. So I wrote, one of the early things I wrote down for this in my notes was, Colorado looks like poo. Feel good about my two, week, two wins pick. And then, of course, that changed uh, in, the, in the second half. If you looked at the, did you see the crowd? It was a lot of red. Uh, oh my god! And uh, yeah, watching the run at the beginning, like because they, they do, they're doing the full pan shot. Yeah, uh, it was all red. Like there was there, it looked like a Nebraska home game, and Colorado fans were there visiting, and yeah. that Colorado fans didn't show up particularly well. Yeah, if you, if you didn't, if you didn't see Ralphie, you would have assumed you were in Lincoln and not in Boulder. Um, very strange, but this was a huge win for Colorado. Like you said, I only thought they'd have two wins this year, but this was a big one. Um, only this, it's the first time they beat a ranked opponent since 2016. And that uh, Montez 69 yard, uh, 96 yard touchdown pass to Katie Nixon. So the flea flicker, it was, uh, I think it really sparked the offense in the second half. You get the, a big play like that. It gives the whole team confidence. It seemed like it just gushed over at that point. They just, it's like you knew they were going to win. Um, it was the longest play from scrimmage in program history. So it's crazy. So they needed something like that to turn things around, but it was, I mean, you don't see this a lot. You think the, the tale of two halves cliche, but to see a team turn around like that, um, is pretty impressive. You know, uh, I, I think you got to give Mel Tucker a lot of credit. He's definitely instilled a different sort of a sense of Toughness, I think, with this team, um, you know, the, the resilience to be able to bounce back when things are not going your way, it, and they weren't. Um, so I, I think this will go a long way. I'm not saying it's going to equate to more wins during the season, but I think the team will play with a lot more confidence. And if you are, you do have your back against the wall in a tough conference game, I think you can dig deep and remember, like, hey, we were in a worse spot at you know playing Nebraska, and uh, look what happened. So. Great, great win for the program. Got, glad to see it. I mean, we both, I'm not as big of a Colorado fan as you, but I, I love, you know, I love them. It, it's pained me to pick them to win two games, but I'm glad that they got this one in. This is a, we've seen some just flops from 
the Pac-12 and some of these out-of-conference games. That's a good, good win to beat Nebraska, especially two years in a row. Absolutely. And, and yeah, and I, uh, to Ryan's point um, uh, about whether it'll lead to more wins, this is still an awful schedule. I mean, it's Air Force, yeah, they'll, they'll be favored and they should win that game, and we'll talk about that. But it's the... It's just wrong with um, they've got to go at Oregon, at Washington State, uh, suddenly resurgent USC all in a row. I mean, they're going to have at ASU is winnable. Arizona at home is winnable. At UCLA, that's winnable. And I think versus Stanford's going to be winnable. Um, but it's a tough schedule. It, it really is. So at this point, I think six and six looks like a, you know, that could happen. I could see that happening, but. I don't know if this is going to be a South contender. I think it's just that that schedule just does not line up particularly well. No. And that's why, like, I think they could be playing better, better than we expected and still only get three or four wins. But that I, I don't think that would necessarily be a bad season if they're playing like this. You know, I think that that helps. You'd like to do the whole game instead of just a half, but whatever, you know, you take what you get. Well, I think, I think they're going to be comfortably over three wins now. I mean, I think they're probably, if I had to peg it right now, I'd say they're five and seven. Most yeah, likely, because they'll go, they'll probably beat Air Force, probably beat uh, two of Arizona, UCLA, Stanford, and ASU. Yeah, I could see yeah. that. Five and seven. It's just if something happens where there's a couple of those are just heartbreaking losses, like they should have won the game or could have won the game, and just it doesn't, the ball doesn't bounce the right way. In that case, it's like, hey, you still know this team is better than what we thought, and they're doing good things. So, yep. Uh, let's see. Okay. So, this is the other uh, conference game. We have. Our new number six team, Washington Huskies. And our new number five team, California Golden Bears. Because I'm not results-oriented, I actually had those flipped. Um, Washington at five and California six. Um, so you, you might have to carry the tail end of this conversation because I, sure. I dipped out. Um Sometime at the end of the first half, which was, oh, I don't know, about three in the morning on Saturday, uh, there was like a two and a half hour delay in the middle of this game. I just don't want that lost. I think many people might have forgotten it because they you know, were probably drowning in booze by that point of the night. Um, but there was, there was a really, really long delay. Um, and I don't think the players forgot. I think it's why I think it's at least partly why things look so ugly and sluggish in this game. Um, but it also might've been, I was just seeing things by that point in the night because I was hallucinating. And if yeah. you follow my Twitter, by the way, just as a <laughs> side note, if you follow my Twitter and you notice like it loses its coherence to an extent after like 1 AM Eastern time. Yeah. That's what's happening. I'm, I'm extremely tired. Yeah. Um, there was lightning okay. storms though. Like they showed, I mean, it was crazy what was going on there. It was wild. Very, very, very crazy. Um, okay, so what I gathered watching the football game is that uh, Washington has no receivers with hands. None of them can catch a football. Uh, Jacob Eason is not Superman um, and cannot force them to catch a football. Uh, he wasn't great either, but I think a lot of it was just receivers dropping the damn ball. Um, I thought their offensive line kind of eh, was just kind of so-so. Um, I know Cal brought a lot of pressure. Um and I thought defensively they they struggled a little bit, um, especially against the run. I thought the linebackers were tackling poorly. Uh, I thought containment was pretty bad. I thought it just didn't look like what we've come to expect from a Washington defense, especially up front. Um, and they still lost by one point. 
Um, and you could make a, uh, please talk about the clock issues at the end. Cause I was trying to read about it and then I watched it later and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. So you talk to me about the clock issues at the end. There was all kinds of issues that, I mean, this, I was baffled, Dave, uh, 14 point spread here. We thought Washington was just going to take care of business, but it, it, there was no, I think there was no score when they went into, uh, the delay. Um, and, it just was like one of those things where they just let Washington, I mean, Washington just let California hang around forever, you know? And, I, you know, it wasn't like Chase Garbers did a ton. They didn't really ask him to do a whole lot. Uh, he had, but, you know, that final drive, you're talking, he had two big completions. He had uh, Jordan Duncan for 19, I think, and uh, uh, Kikoa Crawford for like 27. They, they That got them inside the Washington five. Um, and then it was like, you know, Washington still had timeouts. Are you calling timeouts? Like, do you, do you want to get the ball back? It was, it was very strange. I don't, I don't know what was going on. I don't know what the thinking was, but it was almost like no one could believe like what had been happening, you know? Um, it, it was, and you know, Washington kicking four field goals. I think that was pretty much, uh, you know, the, the kiss of death. You can't do that. You got to. You got to put the ball in and score some touchdowns. But, you know, Cal ran the ball well, which I didn't think, you know, we know the running backs have been, you know, were good in the first game, but I thought that Washington's defense would be able to, uh, you know, neutralize that. But Marcel uh, Dancy had 72 yards and a couple of touchdowns in the third quarter um, of 20 and eight yards. Chris, uh, Christopher Brown Jr. had 80 yards rushing. So running those two guys, I thought was really effective for Cal. Like I said, Garbers didn't have to do. Uh, a whole lot, but Jacob Eason, eh, 18 of 30, 162 yards. He had a pick and he lost a fumble. Um, so it's, uh, it's just, like you said, he can't force those guys to catch the ball, but he looked a lot more human, He, you know, than uh, against this Cal secondary. Now I think the Cal secondary is going to make a lot of people look bad, but this was one I thought needed to, uh, Washington needed to kind of assert itself, especially with the revenge factor. I mean, I think there were six drop passes total uh, from Washington receivers. So that's not on Eason, but um, it just was, it just wasn't a championship level. I thought this was going to be a championship level team. To me, that wasn't a championship level effort, even with all the weird stuff that was happening in the game. Well, and I, I would make one point, which is we're talking all off season, semi joking, but semi not that you know basically the big change is at quarterback, and that's going to make this offense go. Well, they made a change at quarterback. He certainly has more arm talent than Jake Browning did. This offense still looks the same. Um, now it's it's one game against an FBS opponent, yeah. so you know take it for what it is, and an FBS opponent with a good damn defense. Um, but I'm now interested to see this offense. And, you know, now I think we can judge it on a scheme level where before I think we were both leery of doing that because, you know, you don't know how much of it is limited by the talent you have at quarterback, but in theory, they shouldn't be as limited in terms of arm talent at quarterback. So why does the offense still look like this? Um, so I'm going to be paying closer attention to Washington's offense this year. I want to see what it looks like. This isn't going to be a very good test this week against Hawaii, but if they score fewer than Oregon State, then damn. Um, but it'll, it'll, you know, once we see them at BYU, because we'll have some comparison context with what Utah and USC end up doing to them. Um, I think we're going to, it's going to be interesting to see what Washington's offense continues to look like the rest of this year. Yeah. Uh, Selvan Ahmed had uh, 
he had a career high 119 yards rushing, so that was something. Um, but yeah, this did end late. I mean, we were leaving the press box. I think it was 1.30 in the morning or something. And that's, it was like, we had to stay to watch the very end of it, you know? So you got to see like the Cal completing those passes. You're like, this is unbelievable. Like what is going on here? Um, and then, they, yeah, I think, oh, I think it was, I think Cal like ran a play. Like they, they took Garbers and they had him run. Like they were on the right hash and he ran to his left to like center the ball, like to, to center it. And you're like, okay, they're going to kick the field goal. But then I, somebody, I, I don't know if it was Washington. Someone called timeout. Then they ran another play, but they ran it to the left side, and they ended up on the left hash mark. And then they were kind of screwed because now you had to kick the field goal. It's like, why didn't you just try to run it in? If you're going to try to run it in, why don't you run it in the first time and not the second time? You know what I mean? And then, yeah. then they had to kick the field goal from the from short distance on the left hash mark. So it was a weird angle. Um, so it was just the way the end of the game was weird, but the fact that Cal got down there and, you know, Garbers was able to complete those two long passes to, to set him up that way was just like, you hadn't seen that really all the whole game, but yeah, that was strange. It's like they center the ball and then they tried to run it in from there. It was almost like a trick or something, but very strange. I don't know. That would, but yeah, that was like, as we're leaving, like I'm trying to leave the press box at one 30 in the morning or whatever it was, that's what you're watching up on the screen before you run out to your car. Uh, right. Okay, so that was we had Washington six, Cal uh, five. We had USC was four. We already talked about them. Uh, next up, we have our number three team, Washington State Cougars. So Washington State was my number four team, and only because we we still haven't seen them play anybody really. Um, still haven't now. Um, once again, they looked super great offensively against like. What even is Northern Colorado? I don't think I've ever heard of Northern Colorado. I didn't know. Is it? Is it They're FCS the Bears. Or? They're the Bears. Oh. oh. There you go. They're the Bears. Um, yeah, Anthony Gordon was really good again. Um, they they killed him. That's that's all I have to say about that. 59 to 17, no line on this game. Um, they did allow uh, Mila Hall to rush for over 100 yards. Uh, and so not great defensively, but they forced him to fumble three times. So maybe, he'll t- <laughs> maybe he'll take that. Um, 17. Washington I got a State stat points. for you. I got a stat for you. Ready? Yeah. How many second half drives did Washington state not score a touchdown on? <laughs> the answer is one. Wow. Pretty crazy. Of five. So five touchdowns in the second half. Four, four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Half. Oh, five, five drives. Five okay. Drives. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, the, but it was weird. Like Mule Hall was running well in the first half, but the second half, I think he only had like 10 or 11 yards or something. So they didn't do much, but he, they did force him to fumble, uh, three times. So that was pretty big. Uh, 464 passing yards for Anthony Gordon. Uh, Max Borgie had three touchdowns. It was actually a 14 point game at the half. And then, like you said, Washington state just did not take their foot off the gas in the second half. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah, they had a fifth-year senior receiver, Brandon uh, Orcanado, I think you say his name. He's a one-time walk-on. He pretty much was unstoppable. He had eight catches for 127 yards and a TD. So it's like you can plug and play quarterbacks, but apparently you can plug and play wide receivers too. Uh, he had a big game last week also. But uh, in Northern Colorado, I don't know if you knew this, Dave, apparently, you know, that quick defense, Tracy Clay's like the run uh, for Washington State. They had 10 false start penalties. So – that's probably not ideal. I didn't. Even, that's got to be some kind of record. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. It's always nice to set records. Yeah, you, 
<laughs> maybe, maybe not that kind, but um, all right. And uh, there was no line uh, on that game. Okay, this is uh, who 24-7 Sports had uh, number two. We both we both got this one wrong, Dave. This is, a, this is a bounce back, play different away from home, from home kind of thing. But our number uh, two team is Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Uh, they murdered Nevada. <laughs> Nevada died. RIP Nevada. Like they could give up their football program at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could just walk away from it entirely. Um, like, could you have beat a high school team this bad? Like it's, it was unbelievable. The beatdown they put on these, this is a team that beat a big 10 team the week before. Yeah. Yeah. And like a, not a, not horrible big 10 team. Like Purdue is actually like decent. Um, yeah, so Oregon scored 77 points against Nevada and held them to six. You don't often see a 71-point margin of victory um, between two FBS teams, but that's what you saw in this game. Um, everyone for Oregon was pretty good, and everyone for Nevada was pretty bad. I think that's probably a fair assessment. Yeah. Justin Herbert was really good. His backup, Tyler Schof? Schuff? What do we want to go with there? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go Showug. Showug. I like that. Okay. Like Showug. I'm just going to go phonetics until I can figure out better. Uh, He was really good, too. He's, I think, the true freshman. Um, And uh, they ran the ball pretty well. I mean, nobody ran it a whole lot, but everyone ran it pretty well who ran the ball. So that was nice. Um, And defensively, they crushed him. Uh, Held him to two yards of carry, under four yards of pass. Uh, I do have to shout out the late great, or not the late great, uh, Hamish McClure, uh, quarterback for Nevada. He's the son of former UCLA defensive line coach Angus McClure, who's now uh, Nevada's offensive line coach. So shout him out. Um, yeah, not great. Not a great game. No. Uh, I got a good stat for you. Give it to me. So you know, math in your head, how many touchdowns does it take to score 77 points? I would, I would, I would estimate eleven. Right, you, you, you hit it on the nose. If you were guessing, you just, you picked exactly right. But all eleven were scored by a different player. Is that weird? That's pretty weird. Holy crap! Yeah, I mean Herbert threw for five, but like the touchdown scored by you know eleven different players. So pretty amazing. Uh, okay, I got, I got one for you. Okay. Okay. How? Uh, so okay. Well, actually, no, it's not as impressive. <laughs> There were only three Oregon drives that ended without a touchdown. Oh. But the first two were among them. Punt downs. Wow. And then after that, just score. This was Nevada 3-0 with six minutes to go in the first quarter. I remember looking at that because we had Nevada plus 24. And you're like, oh, this is pretty good. Nevada's got an early lead. And then, like, the three never was changing. It became six a little bit later on, but no, it just wasn't moving at all. And Oregon just kept piling on and piling on and piling on. Oregon's defense was really impressive. Uh, 200, less than 200 yards of total offense and four forced turnovers. So you're going to get an off effort like that. Here's the, the thing I'm worried about, though, Dave. Is this going to be Oregon at home and Oregon on the road is completely different? Because that's kind of what it seemed like so far, just with the very small sample size. But we've seen that in the past. So, but that, I mean, if you got to bounce back from a tough loss, this is a good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I have nothing else to say about this football game. That was a no. beatdown. It was a beatdown. So Ducks roll, and we had them at number two. Uh, I did not, but um, the 24-7 people do. Uh, our number one team in the Pac-12 power rankings is still... Utah Utes. Yeah, I had Utah down at three. Um, again, mine are pretty fluid at this point in the year. I had Oregon number two because they looked better. Um, and USC number one because they looked the best. Uh, Utah had some issues with Northern Illinois. But I think, you know, when you hear Northern Illinois, you're like, oh, directional Illinois. Any FBS team should kill them. But they're really FBS. And they're consistently, like, decent. Northern Illinois, um, and they consistently have a decent defense, so this isn't that bad. And they got some of that Pac-12 mojo with Ross Bowers coming to town. Yes, he's he's the new quarterback for Northern Illinois, and he's still doing Ross Bowers things. He's still jumping over the goal line and looking weirdly aerial. Um, as soon and, as he uh, did that, like I was, this is the early game on Saturday, 10 a.m. on Pac-12 Network, and Pac-12 Network should have known this. You're watching it. And I'm like, oh my God, he did that when he was at Cal and like instantly tweet something about it. Like, look, here's what happened. And I think Brian Fisher tweeted something about it and they didn't mention it on the broadcast. I'm like, how could you not mention that he did this when he was at Cal? Now they eventually got back to it, but the announcer should have been on that like right away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, we were both on it. We were both tweeting out the same damn thing. Yeah. Um, so Utah ended up winning 35-17. They pulled away in the second half. I think they kind of figured out what Northern Illinois was doing. Um, I thought Utah had some shaky offensive line play, especially early. And the secondary wasn't looking great. Um, but they figured things out offensively. They started moving the pocket a little bit more. Got the ball out earlier. I thought they could have probably put more on Tyler Huntley in this game. He really was throwing the ball well, and he seemed to be making really good decisions. Um, so maybe leaning a little bit less heavily on the run, a little bit more on his arm in this game made it, would have made a bit more sense. He, he really looks good. Um, and he really looked good in this game. I thought he was, he showed off his arm, um, threw the ball accurately, threw it hard, um, and, and made good decisions to tuck and run when he needed to. Um, and that Utah receiving court, they've got some dudes. I mean, Brian Thompson looked really good in that one run after the catch. Uh, Jalen Dixon made some nice plays. Um, Britton Covey really didn't do a whole lot. Um, but yeah, I, I would have probably leaned a little bit more on the pass, especially as the game went on. Um, but overall I thought it was a nice win. I think it's, you know, going to go down as, Oh, they only, they kind of struggled to put away Northern Illinois, but I don't think Northern Illinois is bad. I think this was a good solid win at home. Yeah, no, I think it was, um, it was, this was the, you got this one right too. The spread was 21 and a half. Um, what ended up? What they win by it was uh, eighteen. Was eighteen, yeah. So it was it was a close one, but I kind of knew early. Uh, first of all, didn't realize Ross Bowers was the the quarterback. So I was like, ah, oh, crap, that's a, that's a bad sign. And then I think it was in the first quarter, uh, one of the Utah linebackers had a Bowers pass hit him right in the hands, and it goes over his head, and it becomes a completion, and that ended up leading to that Ross Bowers flip into the end zone touchdown. And you're like, at that point, you're like, yeah, this probably is not going to go. Utah's way. I felt they were going to win, but it wasn't going to be like plays like that early on. I think you could you determine the way it's going to go. Like they'll probably win comfortably, but they're not going to be able to beat, you know, by score, you know, win by more than three touchdowns. But they, you know, Utah's defense had some shaky spots. They like gave up a fourth and one. They dropped another interception later on. Um, 
Yeah, it's there was like they had a big uh, punt return that was called back for a hole. There was a lot of stuff that just like didn't necessarily go Utah's way, and they still won by three scores. So I think that's a good sign. Uh, they did clean up the penalties. They had seven the previous week, and they only had one against NIU. And I thought the offense was pretty balanced. The defense played tough, though they made some mistakes at times. But it just this wasn't the cleanest game from Utah, and they still were able to uh, you know win against a, a pretty decent team. So I think that's that's positive, uh, but some of the mistakes that were made, if you made them against better opponents, that that those might have cost you the game. Yeah, it's true, um, and I don't think they can play. I don't think they can play a game like this uh, too much going forward and expect to win the league. Um, but as part of a growth curve, uh, it was fine. I mean, this is what you're supposed to kind of look like in non-conference play, and I think they they need to figure out who they are offensively and, and really put that together, but. Northern Illinois is a good team. They've got a good defense. I thought it was fine. Yeah. And Ross Bowers, he was back. The um, great one. He was like on fire in the beginning. Like you watch him, you're like, oh my God, like they can't stop him. Um, well, and that was, and I, I tweeted, which is again, my prophetic, um, terrible tweets. I was like, wow, the way Ross Bowers looks makes me think that Cal's offensive staff is just dreadful or something like that. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Cal beat Washington later that night because I am. <laughs> Just the dumbest person. I th- it to me, it just kind of felt like, you know, you get cut from a team. It's not that he got cut from Utah, but it was like if you get cut from a team, you get a chance to play him again. Like you're fired up. Like he was fired up to play a Pac-12 team. It looked like to me. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I that's, thought that was true. Yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up our recap of week two. Uh, Only took an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, not too bad. Or an hour. Uh, why don't we take a quick break? We'll come right back and we'll uh, preview all of the week three games back in a minute. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we're back, Dave. That was pretty good. I mean, we you know we tried. It was, it's going to take a, it takes some time to recap all these games, but I think it was a little tighter than maybe last week. Maybe a little bit. Um, non-conference is always tough, though. Yeah. Uh, well, this week gets even tougher because we got twelve games, <laughs> which means we have to recap twelve games. The next Luckily, week. there are like five of these that we won't have to spend that much time on because they're just garbage games. They're just garbage. Um, the, uh, the good thing for me is I do have, uh, a way game to cover and I won't be doing it. So I should be able to watch a lot more. Uh, it's just tough when you're in the press box, you watch some, I'll have one on my screen. I was ready to watch Cal Washington, like the whole time I was USC game was on, but obviously that didn't, you know, Yeah. but I got to watch more of it, but yeah, you know, it gives you a chance. Like when I, when I'm not traveling and I don't have to be at the game, it gives me a chance to watch more of them. So. Hopefully it'll be we good. We got we got uh we got we do these in order that they're played, correct? Yes. Right. Uh do I do the sounds for these two? Yes. Crap. Okay. 
<laughs> so uh, we got one. The first game's on Friday, and it is featuring Washington State Cougars. This is a battle of Cougars. Yeah. I think Houston's Cougars, right? Houston Cougars. There you go. <laughs> um, all right, this is 6.15. Mine sounded like a guitar lick, actually. It didn't even sound like a cat. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, 6.15 on ESPN, number 20, Washington State. They're up in the rankings now. Traveling on the road to Houston, Washington State is favored by eight and one-half points. Uh, Houston, they uh, – I won't. I don't want to say they were super competitive with Oklahoma in the game – in the opener. Um, I think that would be a misnomer, but they did move the ball pretty well. Uh, but then they kind of played a weird one last week with Prairie View. Uh, it was, you know, maybe a little bit too close, 37-17. Uh, once again, they were able to run the ball really, really well. Um, I think it could be a shootout. Um, I haven't seen anything to indicate Houston's going to be doing a whole lot of stopping teams. Um, and I think Washington state's offense is pretty good, but we really don't know right now. Um, but without much to go on looking at the way Washington state's blown out teams, I'll, I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with the Cougars from the pac 12, but this one I do not feel anywhere near confidence about because I have no idea what to expect from either team. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Pac-12 Cougars as well. Um, this is one of the rare teams that was able to cover a big spread uh, in the first week, 31.5 points. They covered it easily. They've scored 58 and 59, so I assume they're going to score 60 against Houston. This is at NRG Stadium, so it's a you know neutral field, but obviously uh, it's pretty much a road game for the Pac-12 Cougars, uh, but I think I think they're going to be able to win by, you know, if it's a if it's like a close thing, I think they win by 14, you know. Uh, they could win by 28, but I, I think it's going to probably be like a 17, 21-point win. So I, that, I think they're going to cover the 8.5 easy, but, you know, we'll see. Yep. All right. Uh, next up, another tough test for a Pac-12 South team. We have Colorado Buffaloes. This is another weird 10 a.m. Pacific Pac-12 home game, um, which is an interesting little time slot. Yeah. Uh, on the Pac-12 network, Air Force traveling to Colorado. Not a not a long trip um, from Colorado Springs. That's where Air Force is, right? Uh, it is Colorado Springs, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, Colorado is favored by four and a half points. Uh, Air Force on the young season is 1-0 and uh, with a win over Mighty Colgate. Uh, but they haven't played any other football games this year. Uh, looking back at Air Force from the 2018 football season, they were just five and seven. Um, didn't look good against basically anybody who was any good last year. Um, Colorado might be decent. Um, four and a half points. I mean, you know, there's always the chance from a narrative standpoint that they're feeling some letdown or whatever. Uh, but I think they're just simply a better team. So give me the buffs. Uh, I think they cover the four and a half, win this one comfortably at home. I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I'll go with Air Force. Uh, they've only played the one game against Colgate, but I did a little research on them. There's a you know high expectations. They feel like this could be the best team they've had at Air Force for a while. We just haven't got to see them. Uh, they had that second week uh, by. I think there might be a little... Uh, hangover effects from the the big win over Nebraska. Um so I think I think the Buffs might win by like a field goal but don't cover the spread. So I'm going to go with Air Force here. They're going to keep it closer than uh 
than you think. Look at you doing some research. You're really trying to make a comeback. Well, it's like when you're picking games against teams that you don't have any idea who they are. Like when we get to the Pac-12, at least we know them. I'm like, I don't know who UCF. I don't know much about them. You know, <laughs> but the Air Force, I definitely didn't know. I'm like, I better take a look into this. So there, there was just some optimism that Air Force was going to be better than they were the last couple of years. So we'll see. I think maybe they keep it close or I'm completely wrong. So I've got Air Force. Um, they So according to Bill Connolly's preview doc, right, um, they were 85th in the S&P Plus last year and they were projected to be 90th this year. Wow. So that would be that would be getting worse. Yeah. So, but he left for ESPN. We're gonna, so yeah, we're gonna test. We're gonna test the Ryan Abraham info. Yeah, uh, versus uh, the Bill Connolly hard numbers. Talk to my sources, and that's what I got. All right. Uh, next up, we have Stanford Cardinal. All right, this is at twelve thirty, the first of two twelve thirty games. So you're gonna have to maybe dial back and forth because they're both uh, potentially pretty good. Um, so on ESPN, you've got Stanford traveling on the road to Orlando, Florida, to take on number seventeen UCF. That is UCF. Yes, the team that is probably the best Group of Five program in the country, uh, certainly the last couple of years, and maybe once again this year. Um, they have outscored their opponents, FMA, F, uh, Florida A&M and Florida Atlantic, I guess, FAMU and FOW. Um, they've outscored them 110 to 14 through the early going here. Uh, they look really, really good. Um, Stanford doesn't uh, really look really, really good. Um, they look pretty bad right now. Um, UCF, um, maybe they're not as good as they've been in previous years. I know that defense is expected to drop off a little bit. The offense was as well. Um, but I think Stanford might've even taken a harder step back. Um, they are still dealing with injuries. Walker little, I think it was announced this week is out for the season now. Um, he is. not just out till mid season. Yeah. So he's going to have um, surgery. He's out for the rest of the season. So that's, a, that's a big blow. Yeah. And you're going to have, um, KJ Costello back for the game. Um, maybe a little bit rusty, who knows, but probably good to have him back. Um, but UCF's really good and they've been pretty good at home and they've got a tough scheme to defend against. Um, I'm going to go central Florida. What's the spread? Uh, Oh, sorry. UCF minus seven and a half. Ooh, minus seven and a half. Okay. So you're going to take UCF. I actually think UCF wins this by like, uh, three touchdowns. The only factor that I'm weighing in here, because they, Stanford did not look good. Um, it's a long way to go. It's back to back road games. How big is it that Costello is going to be back? Uh, it just didn't seem like that dynamic of a passing game without, you know, outside of Colby Parkinson. They pretty much didn't throw it down the field except it was Parkinson and they would throw some screens. Like that's basically what the offense was. You've never been high on Cameron Scarlett. He, I think, he had 82 yards rushing last week, but 44 of them came on a draw play, one play. Um, outside of that, the, the run game just didn't do very much. I'm going to agree with you on this one, Dave. Like it's, it pains me, but I, I think this is just not going to be as good of a Stanford team as I thought they were going to be coming into the season. To your credit, you you thought that they were going to drop off. Um, I think I tried to predict a drop off a few years ago, and they they won like the the conference. I was like, okay, I'm not doing that again. I'll just I'll, I'll wait to see Stanford drop off with my own eyes, but kind of might be seeing it right now. So I'll go UCF as well. 
All right. Nice. Uh, okay, next up, uh, you said the same uh, same time game. We have USC Trojans. All right, this one's also at 1230 on ABC, number 24 USC. Traveling on the road to Provo to take on BYU. Um, USC is favored by four points in this football game. Uh, BYU is um, a football team. They are one and one. They lost to Utah in the opener um, and then beat Tennessee last week in dramatic fashion, as I'm sure Janice saw and um, weeped over. Um, Much weeping. Much weeping. Tennessee is probably really bad this year, so you can't take too much from that. Um, They were only somewhat competitive with Utah. I mean, it was competitive in the first half, and then Utah kind of put them away. Um, Maybe BYU isn't quite as good as we expected them to be. Um, I was expecting them to, you know, kind of continue their progression under Sataki. I don't think this line is set correctly, given what we saw out of USC's offense. I don't think BYU has the bodies to hold up. It's always a weird environment, uh, playing at Provo, playing BYU. They do like to punch guys in the balls, um, so that has to be factored in. Um, Did you see that one clip of them throwing, uh, one of the BYU players throwing the Tennessee quarterback's shoe yeah. after he went into the pile. That was uh, Yeah, it's a great classy football team, always uh, not 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 prone to, like, grabbing people by the ball sack or anything. Uh, anyway, uh, USC favored by four. Um, give me the Trojans. I think it'll be a t- hard, tough win, but I, I don't see them winning this by less than a touchdown. Um, I think their offense is really going to move it, um, and I just don't know if BYU has the explosion to keep up. Yeah, I've got to agree with you there. It's hard for me to ever pick USC, but the fact that they can score points now is uh, that changes it, changes things. It's a, if it was a bigger, a little bit bigger spread, I think I would take BYU. I think there's a you know definitely a non-zero chance that BYU gets the upset at home. But the way they're they're putting up points, I just think it's going to be. I think they're going to be able to win the game by a touchdown or so. So I'll I'll take USC also. Uh, if they don't cover this spread, I'll be back to just never picking them again. But for for now, they covered against Stanford, so I'll give them a chance here, and I'll uh, I'll take the Trojans. All righty. All right. Next up, we have Arizona State Sun Devils. <laughs> All right. This is the one PMer. So really, three. I would say very good conference games on within basically a half hour of each other. So yeah, if you're kind of a pain in the butt, say if you wanted to, you're a PAC 12 fan and it's uh 1230 uh, Pacific time, you'd have to pick between six different games going on at the same time. That is true. That's, That's crazy. Not- yeah. Um, this is one of the other good ones um, at 1 PM on Fox, Arizona state, Traveling to East Lansing to take on Michigan State. Um, both teams are 2-0. Michigan State, though, is a ranked team, number 18 in the country. They're favored by 14 points, and you can kind of understand why um, with the way Arizona State has looked through a couple of weeks. It's a, you know a relatively soft 2-0 with uh, Kent State. I thought that was a nice win. Sac State, obviously, they had some major, major, major struggles. Um this game last year in Tempe was, just to make sure I don't speak out of turn, the final score was ASU 16, Michigan State 13. Um, so, you know, uh, it would be quite a swing from last year, but they are two different teams now. Uh, Michigan State was expected to be pretty good this year, and their defense was expected to be nearly elite. 
Um, and it looks to be so far through the young season. They uh, they held Tulsa to seven points and Western Michigan to 17. Um, what would need to happen for ASU to win this football game? The, the protection would suddenly have to get a lot better, and that's just such a tall order against a defense as good as this one. Now, 14 points is a lot. I don't know how much more Michigan State's going to score on this defense, um, but I also don't know how much ASU is going to score and how much they're going to turn the ball over if Michigan State's just in Jaden Daniels' grill all game. Um, 14 points is a lot, though. Um, I'll take ASU. Give me the points. Eh. <laughs> you feel real I good about like it. it. The, the, I mean, 14 points when both teams scored 16 and 13 last year. I just feel like that's too many. Um, yeah. Is there a scenario where ASU just comes out and lays an egg and Michigan state, you know, wins like 28 to three. Like, I think that's possible, but I give them a puncher's chance. I mean, I think Jaden Daniels will make some plays. It's not like, and, and these are, you know, when Herm Edwards loses, it's more like NFL style. Like there, I don't know if you're going to get completely blown out like that. And it's not like Michigan state's like going to be putting up tons of points either. So I think that's a lot of points. There's a lot of scenarios. I think where the game could go, like you're not sure how, which way the game's going to go. I think a lot of the ways it could go, the game will be within 14 points. So I'll take ASU also and, and feel pretty good about it. Every regular season game ASU lost last year was by a single score. Yeah. If that provides any help. Um, no, I think it does. I mean, it, it not that like Chris Cartman was pretty high on them last year. He's not that high on them this year, but it's still, I feel like the fundamentals of being able to keep a game close is probably there, you know, like they'll lose or they could lose, but yeah, 14 is a lot. So it'll be the first time for Herm to lose in college by that many points if they don't cover. So I'll go, yep. I'll roll with that. All right. Uh, next up, this one starts 15 minutes later. California golden bears. All right, this is on at 115. I don't even have a TV for this. Do you have TV Pac-12 for Pac-12 Network. Okay. Um, this is on the Pac-12 Network at 115. North Texas traveling to Cal. Um, the Berkeley Bears are favored by 13 and one-half points. Um, all right, so North Texas uh, was pretty good last year. Wasn't that pretty good with your boy? Wasn't Graham uh, Harrell? Graham Harrell was there, yeah. Yeah, pretty good with your boy. Um, they haven't been so hot this year. Um, they've already got a loss to SMU under their belt. Now, an SMU team that might be pretty good, uh, but they lost 49-27 last week, um, and they beat Alcorn, or is it Alcorn? Alcorn no, State? No, it's Abil Abilene Christian. Oh. ACU. Um, they beat them 51-31, so they still allowed a ton of points. Um, now, of course, they're going against Cal, which even – the fact that they, you know, had almost like three, four hundred yards last week, I still don't think they should offense. <laughs> um, but North Texas is kind of the team where even if you're not trying to offense, you might be able to offense pretty well against them. Um, so, thirteen and a half points at home. Um, I think I like Cal to cover. Um, I think they're they've shown enough this year that, well, it's one game, um, but they played Washington really well. And North Texas, I, I don't think they're that, that good this year. So I'll take I'll take Cal to cover the thirteen and a half. I'm going to disagree. I'll take North Texas. Uh, Seth Rochelle's a, a great coach. Um, that's a, a great coach. You're, we're we're going to great coach with Seth Luttrell right now. He's he's a really good coach. Um, here's the issue. Uh, 
is Cal going to offense and, and be able to, I mean, how could Cal be favored by almost two touchdowns? Like that just does not seem right to me against an offensive team. Uh, I, I feel Cal's going to win, but it could be 10. It could be seven. It could be three. I don't know. So I'm going to go, I'll take North Texas and, uh, and those points and, and see how uh, Cal holds up. All right. I mean, they're going to run the ball. You're, you're welcome to do it. You're welcome to have no faith in the uh, in the Cal Bears. I, I do. Well, I need to go against but it's, you. It's, you you're, it's your funeral. I need to go against you anyway, so like to try to make up some. But I could see a scenario where it's like, do I trust Cal's offense to outscore? Like if North Texas scores a couple of times, I don't really trust Cal's offense to like outscore them. I think they'll do enough to win. The defense will play well. But, you know. If, if if it gets to be shootouty, I don't think it's gonna. Well, uh, we'll see. Um, well, this one goes off at the same uh, time, David. David, next up we have Oregon State Beavers. Yep, it's another uh, one uh, fifteen p.m. football game. Uh, this is Cal Poly traveling to Oregon State. Um, this is a game with no line because it's an FCS opponent. Um, however, that's just according to ESPN. I'm pretty sure there will be a line because it is, um, our friends, the Beavers. Let me see. Okay. So Oregon state is actually favored by 17 points. So we can actually pick this one. Okay. Um, all right. I know nothing about Cal Poly, nothing whatsoever. Uh, they are one-on-one on the season. Uh, let me tell you everything I know about them. They lost to Weber state 41, 24. Mm-hmm. They beat university of San Diego, 52 to 34. Um, they're probably bad. Um, Oregon state's bad for FBS, but they almost beat Hawaii last week and they held their own against, uh, against Oklahoma state. I love the Beavs to cover this game. Yeah. I think they win it going away. I think it's going to be a 35-point win for the Oregon State Beavers. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. I mean, this is their only shot to get a clear win at this point because you got all of the conference games. But I think they're going to cover this one. They'll be at home. Uh, you know, Maybe some of that mystique from Research Stadium that didn't really impact the run game for Oklahoma State will affect Cal Poly. So I'm going to take the Beavers here. This is their best chance to, to win, to cover all that. So I'm going to, uh, I'll take the Beavers as well. All righty. All right. This one kicks off. Uh, I don't know if you remember what the, the two times of the last two games were David, but this is the same time. <laughs> also uh, another pack. So all three of these are on the PAC 12 network, which is strange. So all the regional networks, but next up we have Utah Utes. But this is the one on the true network. This is on Pac-12 National. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, this is the big time one. One uh, fifteen uh, p.m. Idaho State traveling to Utah. Let me see if we're late enough in the week that we'll have a line for this one too. We do. Do we even want to pick these things? I think I we have know. to. There's a line. We got to do it. If there's a line, we should pick it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Utah is favored by thirty-six and a half points against the Idaho State. Whatever's vandals? <laughs> what are they? No, Idaho is the vandals. I don't know what Idaho State is. Uh, Idaho it's dropped sort of cat. Them. It's some sort of cat. Meow. Bangles. They're bangles. Okay. Okay. Ooh, that was a good cat noise. That was really good. Thanks. Uh, in week one, they beat up on Western Colorado. Yeah, they're tough. 
Who? Uh, what? There's not a Western Colorado, and it certainly can't be WCU. That's you, Western Carolina. That is the illustrious Western Carolina program, sir. That's crap. Uh, That's absolute crap. Um, anyway, they beat up on Western Colorado 38-13 in week one. Um, so you've got Idaho State coming to town. That's that's nothing to laugh about, right? No. What, um, what was their other game? Who did Idaho? They haven't played another game. Oh. <laughs> they've, they've played so they're the one fresh. football game. They're fresh. They're, they're really fresh for this game. Um, 36 and a half points. I wish I knew it anything. Like anything at all about Idaho State. Yeah. 36 and a half points is a lot, though. That's that's fully into, oh, we took our foot off the gas because the game was over territory. So right. I'm going to go. I'm gonna I'm gonna say those Bengals cover this football yeah. game. That's a lot of touchdowns. <laughs> so you got to win by more than five touchdowns. Like that's, you know, that's this a not, lot of touchdowns to score, Utah. Yeah, they Utah scored thirty five against NIU. Now NIU is a lot better than Idaho State, but that's just a lot. Even if you know every little field goal that Idaho State sneaks in there uh, helps them get to that cover point. So I, it's just too many points. So I'll take. I'll take the points. This isn't a. This isn't like a Nevada twenty-four. It's yeah. just like a lot of points. So, um, yep. yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, uh, we still got four more to go. Then we go to the next time slot. Uh, next up, we have Washington Huskies. <laughs> Yet another Pac-12 game on at four thirty. Pac-12 Network. Uh, Hawaii two and zero in the Pac-12, jumping up against Washington one and one. With a loss already in the Pac-12, so Hawaii's ahead in the standings. Yes. They've got that front runner feel to them. Um, yet somehow Washington is favored by twenty-one and a half points. <sighs> Explain that to me. Hawaii is the Pac-12 leader right now. <laughs> yeah. Until you topple the king, they are the king. Yeah. I don't get it. No. Um, all right. So Hawaii, I think, has looked um, pretty good actually through two weeks against Pac-12 opponents. Um, Struggled a little bit in the first half of the Oregon State, but won the game. And then uh, went toe-to-toe with Arizona, scoring back and forth the whole way. Um, I think they're going to be able to score against this Washington defense, which hasn't looked, um, you know, typical Washington so far this year. Um, however, I think Washington's going to also be able to score on Hawaii um, with more and alarming regularity. Um, I'm going to take Hawaii, though. Mostly because of that half point. Yeah. Um, this feels like a three-touchdown Washington win, but I don't like that extra half point. So give me the the Warriors. Are they the Rainbow Warriors? Rainbow now? Warriors. Where, where are we on this? Rainbow Warriors, yeah. Okay. Give me Hawaii. I'm going to take Hawaii, too. It just feels like it's going to be like a 17- or 18-point game, and like you kind of take your foot off the gas later. Hawaii is going to be different away from home, but I think they get their first Pac-12 loss, uh, but I don't think it's going to be by, like, for a touchdown. So I'll, I'll take Hawaii too with the 21 and a half. That's just so many points. Yep, exactly. It's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of points. All right. This one definitely should be a, uh, a close game. You got to watch this one. It, it probably comes down to a late field goal or something. I'm guessing, but we'll preview it for you right now. Next up we have UCLA Bruins. I don't know if there's a line on this one. I'll have to check if the FCS games all have lines. Um, <laughs> This is 5 p.m. on Big Fox, so they scheduled this one way out because they thought it was going to be a good football game. Yeah. It's not going to be a good football game. No. 
Number five, Oklahoma, traveling to the Rose Bowl to take on the Bruins. Somehow, this line is only Oklahoma minus 23 and a half, which is insane to me. Um, Oklahoma with Jalen Hurts is killing teams um, offensively. And I'm really struggling to see how UCLA scores against anybody, uh, let alone a team with real athletes on the defensive side of the ball. Um, There's a scenario where UCLA's run game comes alive and they're able to ball control to somehow cover the spread. Uh, But that scenario is not alive for me with a team that has averaged, again, under two yards of carry this year. So give me Oklahoma. I would take Oklahoma minus 35. Yeah, I... I think the line started at 17 or 18 or something. It was 17 and a half on Circa lines, and then it has jumped to 23 and a half over the course of four days. Yeah. I mean, 17 and a half. It might be the biggest, it might be the biggest non-injury line jump I can remember. Yeah. Just, they didn't set it right to begin. Um, Yeah. I think anything less than like 28, it's like, I don't don't think you can even think about picking UCLA. Um, Now, who knows? Maybe they keep it close, but it, it just doesn't seem very likely. I think uh, Oklahoma. There's such a right narrow there. path. There is such a narrow path for them to walk to lose this by two or three touchdowns. I, I just don't think they can do it. Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll both go with uh, Oklahoma. I wish we could get the early line, but 20, 23 and a half is, is a lot of points, but it's probably going to be worse than that. All right. Uh, then we got two more left. Next up, we have. Arizona Wildcats. All right. This game is on at 730 on ESPN. So you'll be able to really soak in either of Hawaii, Washington, or Oklahoma, UCLA before this one kicks. Um, Texas Tech traveling to Arizona. Uh, Texas Tech is a two and a half point road favorite. Um, I guess off the strengths of wins over Montana State and UTEP. Mm. I guess. Those miners from uh, El Paso are tough. That's a lot of disrespect for the mighty Arizona Wildcats. Um, And Texas Tech wasn't expected to be all that good this year either. Um, So I think that is a misset line. Uh, I like Arizona to win this game outright. Um, I have no idea what to expect from Texas Tech. I haven't watched either of those games or read a lick about them. However, I've seen Arizona. Their offense can move the ball. Texas Tech can never play defense. So give me the Wildcats at home. I'm going to go Texas Tech in this one since it's under a field goal. Uh, you know, you weren't that concerned giving up 41 points to uh, NAU. I don't know. I think Texas Tech's going to score. Um, so I'm going to take uh, Texas Tech in this one. Some, Great. Good for you. It's it's always it's always nice to see how comfortable you are being just horribly, horribly wrong. Right. I need to I need to pick different. So I need to make some. Uh, I, I probably would have went with Arizona, but I want to be different. So I'll take Texas Tech. They're undefeated. So, I mean, I, that must mean something, Dave. Yep. Yeah. Those advanced metrics about like wins and losses, they're, uh-huh, they're undefeated. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. I like them. All I right. Like them. Uh, the nightcap. It's the last one of the day. We have Oregon Ducks. All right. This one is at 7.45 p.m. So, at least there's no uh, 8.59 kickoff this week. Um, hopefully, no lightning delays. Uh, this one's on the Pac-12 Network. Montana traveling to number 15, Oregon, in Eugene. The line on this one is Oregon, again, minus 36.5, much like the Utah line. They're just giving us generic anti-FCS lines. This is crap. Really put some thought into it, people. Yeah. 
Uh, Montana is 2-0 on the football season. They have, um, what is this? S-D-A-K. That's a really weird way to write South Dakota, but we'll take it. Uh, They beat them 31-17. And they beat Nor. North Alabama. So they took on un-Alabama and beat them 61-17. That's not unimpressive. No, that's a lot. Uh, Big win. Oregon uh, just beat an FBS opponent uh, 77-6, though. So... How likely are they to replicate that? They seem to enjoy taking out their frustrations at home. <laughs> I'll take Oregon to cover the 36 and a half. Yeah, I'll agree. Um, they just won. Uh, they beat a better team by 71. It's like, how do you, <laughs> it's hard to like, are they going to play this one close? Like, I don't, it just doesn't seem like it. Now, 36 and a half is not close. Um, they could win by five touchdowns and not cover the spread, but. I kind of get the sense that they're going to cover it. So I will take Oregon over Montana, as you said, too. Well, and that's the thing is Oregon has now shown they're willing to score 70 points on a team. Yeah. Some teams aren't. Some teams are always going to, you know, let the, you know, foot off the gas or whatever. Like Washington, I would never pick them against no. the big spread. No. Um, Stanford, but Oregon, like they're not even Utah, like they're not going to. Keep the, no, no, they're not going to murder a team like that. No. Well, I mean, Utah did it to Oregon that one time, but. Um, yeah. No, they're not typically going to do that. Uh, Oregon, they'll 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 murder a lesser team. They're fine with yeah. that. They're okay with. They're the fine with ritualistic slaughter. That's fine. <laughs> they're good with the murderings. Um, awesome. All right. Well, that's all our. That's you know only the twelve games this week. Uh, can't be more than that unless you had someone had a double header. So it's. <laughs> yep. It's a lot. That's gonna be a lot of the recapping next week. Yeah, we are. Um, we're an hour and a half into this show. And we've just finished talking about the football games. Yeah. And we both got a lot of stuff going on. Do you want to answer like a few of the more recent questions and then move on and apologize? Yeah, for not- let's let's go into this really quick. Um, here, there's a good true or false here. We can do that one. Okay. Oh, no, this one's not a good true or false. It's just trolling me, but we can do it. Uh, KC from Lehigh, true or false? Hi, guys. Just wanted to email in and say that I appreciate the hard work, hard work Ryan puts into the podcast every week. There isn't a better podcast out there. True or false? Chip Kelly taught his players to play chess. <laughs> this Okay, so I got I to gotta talk about this. Okay. Because um, UCLA, like fans want so badly, and I understand it, they want so badly to be their to their – for there to be like a strategy or an answer behind everything. And so it's always like, you know, Chip Kelly's playing like five dimensional chess. Yeah. Like this is all strategy. Him being a jerk to the media. That's part of the strategy. Uh, losing all these games. It's part of the strategy. You know, they got to take their lumps to get um, where they need to be. And it's all hooey. Like it's all just nonsense, like absolute nonsense, but I feel for them deeply. And then also like to even ha- hammer the metaphor on the nose even harder Chip Kelly's like teaching all the guys to play chess. Like they have like a chess coach. Like it's all very odd and like very dumb. So true. He taught his players to play chess. Wow. So that's a thing. It's just so dumb. It's all so dumb. It's football. Instead of blocking and tackling, you're it's a simple damn game. You run a nickel defense. You play offense with an easy spread where there's like seven plays and you run it fast, and that's all you do. You don't need to do any of this weird crap. You don't need to rotate like 
these three linemen, you think they're going to be on this side of the play, but they're actually going to be on this side of the play by the time it starts. Who cares? <laughs> the defenses don't even care. They don't move. Just run a simple offense, run a nickel defense, win some games. Yeah. Recruit. That's it. That's all you got to do. That's the formula. There's no chess that needs to be played by anybody. Nice. You don't need to be a jerk to the media. You don't need to close your practices. If your offense is seven plays and your defense is just, we're going to have a bunch of fast guys out there, you don't need to close your practices. It's all very simple. It's a simple game. It doesn't require genius. Just do the easy things. This David Woods rant brought to you by... It just uh, drives me so Jiffy nuts. Lube. Jiffy Lube. Uh, what is, <laughs> I don't know what their slogan is. Um, we got something from Andy real quick. Ryan and David, I wanted to bring something rare to your attention. It's not something like this happens, and I don't want it to go. It's not often something like this happens. I don't want it to go unnoticed. If Wazoo beats Houston this week, their record will be 500 and no longer a losing team overall. That's, wow. That's kind of cool. a big deal. Yeah. Nice, Andy. Um, uh, did we get a, do we, should I talk Lin Swan real quick? I forgot about it. Oh crap. We didn't even talk Lin Swan. Yeah. Uh, Lin Swan. So US, he was fired. He was fired. He was fired. Uh, you know, if you, or you're for like the beloved hall of fame football player that's running your alma mater's university and you resign, like most likely you'd give some kind of press conference or in the release from the president, like you would have some sort of statement in there. If, if you were completely removed from that process, what do you, what do you think really happened? Uh, yes, he was, he was fired. He was forced out. And uh, they now have a search committee to find the next athletic director. Uh, Carol Fult, the new president, used the word experienced in there. So that would tell me that they're going to try to get an actual athletic director instead of a former football player again. But who knows? It's USC, so they might do just that. But, uh, yeah, he's he's out. Um, it was in the works for a little while. We weren't sure when it was going to happen. It just so happened to happen right after USC's you know big win where they actually looked as good as they have for, like, over a year on the football field. But Swan is out after three years, and they're going to try to bring in uh, somebody new. There'll probably be more um, firings in the athletic department. They might wait till they bring in the new athletic director. Uh, but that's more uncertainty for, for Clay Heldon at this point. Uh, I had Bruce Feldman on my podcast and he saw a scenario where even if USC goes like 10 and two and like, doesn't make the playoff, they would still uh, fire Clay Heldon. And his point was, you got to find the guy that you want five years from now. It can't just be, well, he did enough. He was nine and three, he did enough to win this year. It's like, well, yeah, okay, you did enough to win this year, but do you feel he's going to be the guy for the next five years? If not, then you should probably just get rid of him now. So that's kind of where USC stands. Um, the football teams look a lot better, and uh, they just fired their athletic director. Yeah. Fun. All right, you want to take a couple more? Sure. Do you got any good ones you like? Uh, this is Bruin Brian. He's got a bunch of questions for me about UCLA. Could do that. Okay. You want to? Yeah. Or we could not. I don't care. Uh, hi, Ryan and Dave. Uh, you want to just do the true or false at the bottom? Those are quick and easy. Oh, okay. Wait, where are those? Yeah. Okay. Which? Uh, it's Disaster Bruin. Disaster Bruin. Okay. Do you want me to read them? Or? I'll read them. Oh, okay. Uh, USC, quote, cheats when it comes to recruiting. Uh, false. True. Everyone cheats. Okay. Cool. Got it. Two, a Pac-12 team will win the national championship in the next five years. False. 
False. Three, Larry Scott will be commissioner of the Pac-12 in five years. False. False. Four, UCLA finishes last in the Pac-12 South this season. True. 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 Super true. <laughs> Truest thing that's ever been said in the show. They will finish last in the Pac-12 South, and they might finish unwon, un unvictorious. Very real possibility. Five, Clay Helton will be the USC coach next season. Uh, I'm going to go false. True. Well, is that just wishful thinking? No, I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be really good. I think they're getting full Darnolded, and they're getting full Darnolded by a true freshman now. So it's going to be three full years of him. Wow. Well, we'll see. So, they got they got a tough road coming up. Yeah, yeah. And then he says, "Thanks as always." Oklahoma sixty-seven, UCLA ten. Ooh, well, that would be a cover. Um, we had a text message. Uh, it doesn't say from who. It says, "So poo poo platter doesn't really feel fair to describe the Pac-12 at the moment, and I'm struggling to really capture it." Poo poo potluck, turd buffet, smorgasbord of shite. Um, hmm, do you like any of those, Dave? Uh, smorgasbord of shite is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Colorado, a big win. Utah still got a shot. USC, you know, has a tough schedule. If they can get through that, someone can emerge. But, you know, two of your favorites in the Pac-12 have already lost. That's not, uh, you don't want to see Oregon and Washington with a loss, each with a loss after week two. That's, uh, that's like Georgia and Alabama having a loss after week two. And that just doesn't happen in the SEC. Yeah. The other one was uh, Kansas City Ute. Uh, weirdly, U dollar sign C is underrated in the AP poll at 24 and California not being ranked is a travesty. Yeah. I, I think Cal should be ranked. Um, USC was five and seven. I don't have a problem. I mean, they did, they did have Nebraska ranked preseason, but after seeing what they did, I think you could jump them up higher than 24. I would agree with you. Yeah. All right. You want one more? Sure. Just cause I want to try to pronounce it. Uh, this is from Hithliday. Deipnosophiste? Jesus, no idea what that is. Deipnosophiste? That sounds good to me, the way it's spelled there. I just I actually just looked it up. It's an ancient Greek cookbook, I believe. Oh. Um, but a deipnosophist is a person skilled in table talk. So, <laughs> I guess we'll learn. Uh, now that you boys have seen two games apiece, I'd like you to go rapid fire about each Pac-12 team's Trencherman. Yes or no, do they have an offensive line and a defensive line? You get one TBD for each side to use at your discretion. All right. UCLA uh, does not have an offensive line, has a defensive line. Uh, yeah, I would agree with you there. USC. I think they have both this year. Like Their offensive line looks better to me than it has the last couple of years, even though I don't think it's as talented. But it's still early. But they, their defensive line, I think, played well. They had 10 different guys with a tackle for loss against Stanford. All right. Uh, Arizona State does not have an offensive no. line. Um, defensive line. I think line. they do have a defensive line. Yeah. Certainly at least one really good defensive line. Men. Um, Arizona? I'm going to – I might TBD the defensive line. Do you feel – Yeah. We only get uh, one. We only get one. I don't, I'll say I'll say no. They don't have a defensive okay. line. Okay. That's fair. Um, offensive line? Uh, it was better. I was a little concerned, but I, I might go yes. I'll go no to that, too. No? Uh, okay. Yeah. Utah. Um, Utah, I think their offensive line truly is TBD. Yeah. Um, we got to see how it gels. Their defensive line is often an obvious yes. Obvious yes. I, you could almost go no on 
the offensive line, but what, TBD maybe. Yeah, Could, I'll, I'll give them my TBD. Um, Colorado. Uh, I would say no on the defensive line. Well, no. I'll go yes on the defensive line. Maybe no. Got Mustafa Johnson. He was, I mean, he had, what, three sacks? That's pretty good. Just from him alone. Yeah, we'll go yes just for lack of why not. Uh, no offensive line. No, I, I, I might go yes just because they're two and zero. So just like okay, yeah. fine. I, yes, I, I'm not yes, gonna yes, I'm, yes, yeah, yes. I'll give them yeses. Uh, Stanford, no offensive line. No, I. It might be both. Yeah, they might be no no. There's no like Harrison Phillips there or anything like. Paulson yeah. Adebo can't do it all. I'm I, right now. I'm gonna go no no. Yeah, uh, Cal. Cal, I'm gonna go yes yes because they can run the ball and you know you know the defense is good so. I think I'm going to go yes, yes with Cal. All right. Uh, Oregon, I'm going to go yes, yes as well. Yeah, I think there's enough uh, pieces on the defensive line, and the offensive line might be the best in the Pac-12. So you got to go yeah. with that. Um, Oregon State, I want to go no-no. I got to go no-no. <laughs> yeah. Even with their running game, I think that offensive line is still pretty patchwork. Um, yeah. I think they just have really talented running backs. Uh, Washington... Uh, what did we get? Did, who did we give a TBD to? Utah. Utah. On the offensive line. Uh, yes. Hmm. Maybe I, I switch that to a no, and I'll give the TBD to Washington. Washington. I think that's line. fair. I do that. Yeah. Uh, and maybe TBD on their defensive line too. I, that might be a good because I want to give Washington State yes, yes. Um. Yeah, Washington State's yes, yes. So I, I don't. I, I'm good with Washington TBD, TBD. Yeah. Okay. All right. That works. Yeah. Interesting hit today. If we yeah. if we got something completely wrong, like we said, the best someone has the best offense of the Pac-12 statistically, and we said a no, like just tell us where we're wrong. But I think we we're pretty pretty on on yep. that one. Yep, yep, yep. All right, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Um, thanks yeah, everybody. We're both wiped out. Sorry, if, sorry if we didn't get to your questions. If it's relevant in the future, we'll try to get back to them. Yeah, but most of them probably won't be. So please don't think less of us. Uh, we're just tired. Yeah, we're tired people. Uh, but thanks so much uh, for tuning in. That's Dave. I'm Ryan. Hope you know. I know you guys are rooting for me to get back. And uh, what a what a like lackluster finish to this. That's Dave. I'm Ryan. <laughs> I'm the one that does work. Dave shows up sometimes. That's you know that's how we do it. That's how we roll. Uh, but yeah, it was it was two hours before our show on Monday when I was like, hey, you want to do this a different day? <laughs> I was I just assumed we were doing it Monday, and Dave's like, when are we recording? I'm like, today. <laughs> It's like, no. I'm like, okay, we'll do a different day. Um, <laughs> it's beautiful, the way we work. <laughs> so we're doing it today. Uh, but thanks for the questions and everything. Again, apologize for anyone we didn't get to. Um, and uh, thanks, David. I'm Ryan. Thanks so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time.